Welcome to the beginning of the spring semester. Our text for this opening worship service is Philippians chapter 4, beginning at verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. We pray, O Spirit of the living God, that you would fall afresh on us. Use these holy words to transform us closer into Jesus Christ in whom we live and have our being. We ask it in his name. Amen. One of the things that I dearly miss about congregational ministry is the many conversations I used to have with those who were getting near the end of their lives. As a pastor, I learned that the older someone grew, the more obvious their personality became. Those who had always been kind became unbelievably gracious near the end. And those who were mean or cynical along the way became unbearable. The pastorate taught me that the big decisions in life, even big decisions like careers and relationships, don't actually determine a life. Neither do your failures and sins, nor your moments of heroism, and certainly not your victimization, or your privilege. No, a life is determined by countless numbers of daily choices when we decide whether or not we will live in Christ, whether we will allow the Spirit to, in fact, fall upon us and bind us into Christ's life that we are authentically Christians. That's what determines a life. When I was young, I used to think that calling is all about what we're supposed to do. But my older parishioners taught me that calling is all about who we are supposed to be. In our text today, the Apostle Paul is near the end of his life. He is imprisoned and he's had a lot of time to think. So it is striking to me that among his very last words to us are, let your gentleness be known to everyone. As if this is what he wants his legacy to be. Not how many churches he started, not how many theological debates he won, not how many epistles he wrote. No, let, let gentleness be life's legacy. Now, Paul was a high-achieving, 
hardworking, goal-oriented missionary. He wasn't afraid of conflict or telling people what they didn't want to hear. He got chased out of half the towns in Rome, usually with a shower of rocks behind him. He didn't mind telling you that you were wrong. Many of his epistles are filled with essentially that phrase. He busted up the first missionary team with Barnabas over a disagreement. He thought he could do all things through Christ who strengthens him. He had a strong personality and he appeared to like that about himself. But Paul thinks that all of this strengthening, all of this achieving, all of this conflict-ridden striving was actually a way of nurturing the virtue of gentleness in his life. Clearly, he has a different understanding of that word than most of us. For Paul, gentleness has nothing to do with weakness. In fact, Paul would say, only the strong can be gentle. So let's stop trying to give the church's weakness to the world around us. It already has plenty of that. What the world needs are individuals and communities of faith who have learned that when I am weak, then I am strong. For the power of Jesus Christ is made perfect, Paul says, in our weakness. In other words, you have a savior, a powerful savior, who is at work in you and through you. That's how you can be gentle. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. How did Dr. King and the civil rights marchers find the strength to keep walking past open fire hoses and barking dogs and people with clubs? Because in the black churches, they had found a strong vision of justice that they knew would overcome. How could Mahatma Gandhi, such a gentleman, lead such incredible reforms in India because he knew about the strength of nonviolent resistance to injustice? How did Nelson Mandela survive all those years in prison before he became the first president of South Africa? In his autobiography, he says he survived because he kept hearing the gentle songs of freedom in his heart. As the Apostle Paul has discovered through his ministry and his life's work, if anyone's going to do anything worthy of their years, certainly if anyone's going to take on the mantle of leadership, you're going to face conflict and opposition. And the only way that you can keep moving ahead is if you're unafraid. And the only way you can be unafraid is if you believe the Lord is near. You can always tell the people who are strong and unafraid because they are gentle. It's the bullies who are driven by fear. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near.
So as the new years and the new semesters keep piling up, as new presidents come, as pandemics come and eventually leave, as you, over the years, behold all that has been sprayed on the canvas of your life, through it all, the Lord was nearer than you saw. And wherever the Lord is near, there is always redemption. This is Paul's true testimony of what he has seen over and over again in his own life. And so he has been made strong in the grace of Jesus Christ. And that strength has freed him to gentleness. Someday, maybe sooner than you are expecting, you too will come to the end of your years. And your friends and your family will gather at a place of worship. And I will tell you that when they stand, no one's going to read your curriculum vita or your resume. They're going to talk about who you were as a person, who you were called to be. Well, they say your gentleness was known to everyone. Well, that will depend and the choices you make every day about living in Christ. And that will depend on seeing that the Lord is near. In the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.